Welcome to the Miskatonic Region, a newbie-friendly Mage the Awakening podcast set in a world that is an homage to the work of H.P. Lovecraft. This is Chapter 2, Part 1, The Thing in the Mill, featuring SysTBC as Tartarus, MRM Dubois as Morpheus, and Evil Squeegee as the Storyteller. The most merciful thing in the world, I think, is the inability of the human mind to correlate all its contents. We live on a placid island of ignorance in the midst of black seas of infinity, and it was not meant that we should voyage far. The sciences, each straining in its own direction, have hitherto harmed us little. But some day, the piecing together of dissociated knowledge will open up such terrifying vistas of reality and of our frightful position therein that we shall either go mad from the revelation or flee from the light into the peace and safety of a new dark age. H.P. Lovecraft So, let me see if I can conjure up some more of this creepy Lovecraftian narrative without a accent that I don't need. We don't... We're just gonna... We're just gonna go off with this. Uh, you guys have, uh... Been through a lot in the past six months of your lives. One of you has been... Feeling... A lot of stress and strain and snapped. And it took you a while to figure out that... Being a mage was not a nervous breakdown. It was real. Uh, and the other, Tartarus, it took you a little while to really adjust. You were much more acclimated to the occult than Morpheus was, which is saying something, because Morpheus made it a point to study the occult, but you were raised, steeped in it with the Luxford family cult. And even you have had a hard time wrapping your mind around what's going on, and there's still that tiniest bit of thrill every time you reach up and grab a supernal symbol and twist it to your will in a way that would make every Luxford mystic shiver in their boots. You've encountered friends. You've encountered people you don't like. Most of them are omnipotent, much like yourself. The awakened life is one that takes a lot of adjusting to, and you've only just begun your journeys. So that night, as you are resting in the house by the watermill, in your sanctum, in your very own territory, you will both be awoken with a start as the wood of the mill seems to groan and crack loudly. Something is broken in the mill. That's not normal, and furthermore, repairing that is probably going to be an annoying experience because you have to deal with the historical society. Uh... But it's probably two or three in the morning. And as you both sit up, the first thing that will hit you is that something just happened in the mill. The second thing to hit you will be the terrible and horrible silence that chokes the yard around your house. There is no cacophony of crickets and cicadas. There's no sound of hooting owls or even the trickling and flowing of the terrible river. It is dead. Silent. 
I'm assuming each of you have your own rooms and you've woken up and at this point you're probably like poking your heads out of your room in that way that like, you know, when the internet goes down, everybody in the house pokes into the hallway like, is your internet down? Like, but as you go to speak, as you see each other poking your heads out of your doors, you see each other in the hallway and you go to say something, there is no sound. What is it that you were trying to say, Morpheus? You can speak, even though your character can't. Uh, I wasn't actually trying to say anything. I was oh. just making faces to my, my surprise at the sound. Okay, so Morpheus is shocked when he goes to speak and there is no sound. So what is it that you mime at Tartarus? Just a raising of the eyebrows and gesturing with the hands, kind of a, what's going on? Tartarus? Leave it to me to take my video streaming role-playing community and do an audio podcast, and the first thing I do is throw them under the bus with having to describe action instead of just act it out on camera like we're used to doing. So, he's kind of, like, hearing no sound whatsoever from anything. He'll sort of look the way, knock a few times. Nothing. Then he'll look at uh, Morpheus... Like, you just pantomimed without telling the audience what you did. He knocked on the wall and then... I knocked on the wall and I shrugged. <laughs> he shrugged like, <laughs> wow. This is... Morpheus is going to... The thoughtful expression, he's going to turn and point in the direction of the mill house. And then start walking. Do you follow Tartarus? Tartarus will nod and follow, yes. Okay. So the house is a perfect recapturing of that old Victorian architecture where the hallways are too thin, the stairs are just a little too short, and everything is slightly more cramped than it should be, and there's no sense to the way the rooms are laid out next to each other, doors that lead into rooms that shouldn't even have walls between them and their neighbors. It's one of those old houses, like, if you were to dimly light the place like you have and if you were to play some aspect of reality slightly askew like you are currently experiencing this would be the perfect candidate for one of those haunted house horror movies I'm going to pay a mana and turn on my forces mage sight okay so I want uh, to examine what's happened to the sound okay so uh for the audience's sake, Force's Mage Sight, what is it that you have just done? Mage Sight is the filter through which mages perceive re and understand reality at its deepest, most secret levels. So what would, what would using Force's Mage Sight do for you? It detects motion and highlights the presence of environmental tilts. I assume that the silence is one. Uh, it also detects fire, electricity, and other hazards. With a glance, a mage can tell if a device is powered. Okay, so you are sensing energy yes. in all of its forms. Yes. Okay, uh, so as you as you channel the mana into this mage site, I would like you to roll me a wits plus investigation check. Okay, I will be rolling 5d10. So, I will get one success. Okay. Um, 
you are seeing the sound. Like, your eyes are witnessing the ripples of, of vibration in the air around you. They glow like those those uh, those cool like half circle arcs that you would see in uh, a science illustration, a science book illustration for a radio tower, right? You're seeing them every time. Every time your your boot scuffs against one of the floorboards that creak and protest under your step, or every time you thump on a stair on your way down, you can see that sound, but you can't hear it. Is it possible to? scrutinize why the mage site that you have will only in, will only show you what is it doesn't show you why you're not seeing any tampering with the energies themselves whatever is causing this discrepancy is not actually connected to the energies of the sounds themselves nor is it influencing them in any way I'm just saying, it sounds like a mystery to me. It does. That might... might... Well, screw... Not to contradict the storyteller, yeah, but since I am apparently supposed to be the rules reference. <laughs> um, so, with scrutiny, you should be able to break through the opacity of the mystery, and that should figure out the why as well. But only if you're using the correct arcana. Stone right. Forces is not the correct arcana is what right. I'm hearing. Yes. Good to know. Um, I will turn to Tartarus and point at my eyes and then point at him. He should probably be looking as well. Okay, so in that case, I do have uh, something called Mana Sensitivity. Mana so, Sensitivity won't be helping you here. Okay, right. Just just for clarification's sake, uh, because FYI, for those listening, I'm new. Um, Sis is so very, very new. It's his very I, first. He knows about as much of the Mage universe as you do if you've never read the book, because he hasn't read the book. <laughs> yes, so I'm along for the ride as just as much as you guys are. <laughs> I don't have a choice. This has to be a newbie-friendly Mage the Awakening podcast, because otherwise <laughs> this can't play. Okay, so um, if would prime mage site. Uh, I don't know. You, okay, so uh, because he has to spend the point of mana for this, because this isn't one of his ruling arcana, right, Matt? All right, so uh, it says you have to spend a point of mana and choose to right. activate your mage site. Uh, right. And prime shows him energy and and power. Correct. It also shows him truth. Sight highlights anything magic can use as a yantra in the present, if not if not the composition of any awakened spell or attainment effect. Magic using prompts I can recognize at a glance and tell when they are in a hollow or a node. Okay, um, so what's going to go on is you will also turn on your mage sight after after a quick review of the rules. Uh, Tartarus, you can spend a point of mana to activate your mage sight. You're going to choose Prime. Right. Uh, I believe you do not have to use your mana to fuel Mage Sight for your Paths Ruling Arcana. So in your case as a Morose, you can freely activate Death and Matter, and Morpheus can freely activate Mind and Space. Yeah, and I actually am going to activate Mind now. Okay. Um, so, Tartarus, you will detect no mystical interference that falls under the domain of Prime. 
with this silence. I'm going to say that you guys are stepping out over the, the you're stepping out the doorway and across the porch and kind of thumping down the wooden steps into the tall grass of the yard that hasn't been mowed in several years. And at this point, Morpheus is asked to turn on Mind Sight. Uh, can read what it uh, will detect right away if yep. you want me to. Please do. Mind Sight detects the presence of thinking beings and allows the mage to tell with a glance if someone is asleep, comatose, awake, meditating, or projecting out of his body or into the astral. The mage is also aware when a character she observes gains or spends willpower. Okay. Um, so Specifically, what I'm looking for, though, is since the sound appears to be there, visibly at least, mm -hmm. I'm, I want to check and see if our ability to hear sound has been messed with in our minds. Obviously, there are other ways of doing that, but just on the off chance. <laughs> so you activate uh, your mage sight and the symbolic representation of what you witness, because you see through symbols. You don't see a literal thing with mage sight. Uh, you will see that there are... At first, you think it's there's snakes rustling in the grass, but then you realize that they're, they're too long to be snakes. And you see them there before you see them anywhere else. But when you turn to look at Tartarus, as Tartarus is, he's looking around with his mage sight up and trying to figure what's going on. And you will notice that these snakes, these tendrils or tentacles, are actually running up his back and plugging into his ears. Okay. Um... With mind, I, since I have mind three, that means I have the mind two attainment of mind sight. Okay, what does that do? Um, so the mage detects Goetia and mental twilight phenomena with her periphery. So it automatically sets off a spidey sense, essentially. Okay. And can automatically see Goetia and projecting beings in twilight with her mind sight. If a Goetia is using a power to hide, it provokes a clash of wills. With the expenditure of one point of mana, the mage can interact with Goetia for a scene. She can speak with them, touch them, and even strike them. However, this renders her vulnerable to their attention as well. Okay, so this so, is because you're a mind mage, you can interact with Goetia is the is the basic yeah, idea. And, okay. and so and as a result of that, I'm I'm wondering, would I be able to tell right away if, if these are Goetia or would they so be something else? These tendrils are just the symbolic representation of what is occurring. They aren't really an entity. However, your your mind sight did in fact say it could detect thinking beings, and it will in fact you you will sense thought patterns that leave you feeling very queasy, emanating in a in a fashion that can only be described as simultaneously threatening and inviting from the mill. Now that's a small problem because the hollow is in the mill, uh, and the hollow is your source of magical energy and mana, and it's part of the network of ley lines in the area, and if it gets tainted, you have problems because everybody else has problems, and if it was your problem, then it's really your problem. So there is some sort of malicious and sinister thought emanating from the very building that contains your hollow. All right. I think at this point, it would probably be prudent to try and make telepathic contact with Tartarus. 
Okay. That sounds like you are attempting to cast a spell, Matt. I am attempting to cast a spell. All right. So with a with a refresher on the rules out of the way for uh, Matt and I, Matt, you are not going to threaten paradox when you cast the spell because you have just enough magical know-how to do this without overreaching. Uh, right. You are going to be spending a point of willpower to like super focus on the spell, and in total, you're going to be rolling five dice to establish telepathic contact with Tartarus, right? For a scene, yes. Okay. Um, I want you to describe your spell cast and then roll the dice. Oh, you know, I just realized I'm not employing any yantras or anything, so... Do you have any yantras that you could? Uh, I probably could try and think up something, but considering the moment, I'm just going to say no. Okay. So I reach out with two fingers to touch Tartarus on the forehead in order to establish the link as I concentrate really hard and cast and I receive two successes. You roll two successes and that means that you have succeeded twice. No, it means that you get your spell off. Everything goes according to plan. There's no backfire and I can't fuck with you yet. So you have established a telepathic link, and I will now let you guys actually speak to each other in each other's heads. Tartarus, this would not be new to you. Uh, as it turns out, uh, your mentor is a very proficient mind mage, and you have this sort of contact with your mentor all the time. Uh, Tartarus, not to alarm you, but there's something affecting our minds, plugging our ears, that's emanating from the millhouse. Right. That's, uh... That's what that hollow is. That's not good. That's not good at all. That's that's bad. Really bad. That's an understatement. <laughs> so, are we dealing with a mind mage? We don't know what we're dealing with until we go to look at it. <laughs> we best go look at this before it escalates any further. Any suggestions on how we approach this? With caution but I can only maintain this spell uh, safely at the moment, so uh, if I go silent, it'll have to be because I'm casting something hopefully to help us both. Okay. Well, say we remain in contact for now until we get eyes on the situation. If we can believe those, I assume you can take care of that. Um, tactical question, actually. Should only one of us go in and the other serve as backup? Since we can maintain the telepathic contact even outside of visual range and send what we see to each other. You could send Tartarus in because that would leave uh, that would leave Morpheus free to maintain the his focus on the spell is concentration. Well, since you're the one maintaining the connection, I hesitantly suggest that I go in first. I'm okay with that. Hopefully it means that if you get in a tight spot, I'll also be free to hit it with whatever we've got. Well, into the breach. <laughs> and Morpheus will take a step back and watch as Tartarus approaches the millhouse. Okay, so I will uh, assume that you guys are projecting thoughts and images 
and using each other as webcams, basically, to one another. And that would probably be exactly how the Radio Free Council tech mage would, uh, would, would, would think of it, right? Um, so I would like Tartarus to roll me wits plus investigation as you approach the water mill. I have trained observer. Yes, you is... will apply your trained observer bonus, which I think is nine again, right? Uh, nine again, um, yes. Two successes. With your grand total of two successes on your wits investigation roll, including the nine again bonus that you gain from your trained observer merit, which makes you more likely to notice details than somebody else, you will notice webbed footprints that lead up wet dripping footprints that lead up from the Miskatonic's shoreline. Not onto the mill. The mill is still fine, and it is still twisting, although silently, as its wooden paddles get tugged under the water from the current. You will notice these horrible footprints that rise up out of the surface of the water with a stride that ranges from uncomfortably thin to uncomfortably wide. And they will end not in front of the door to the mill, but two floors down or a floor down from the from a window and the the what you will see is the broken the broken shutters from a chain from a from a room that you recognize as not being on the ground floor. And you're looking up and you're seeing and something broke in to the mill. And it came from the Miskatonic. And then you keep walking in. The mill itself has that sense of abandonment that all buildings not meant for occupants have. This is a structure that serves a singular purpose. And that purpose is not to have eyes or ears or safety in numbers. Though you know your cabalmate stands a mere 40 feet from where you do now, you have never felt so alone as you do when you cross the threshold into this building. And you know from what you have been told by your cabalmate that the floorboards are engaging in their ritual creaks of protest as you climb up the imitation old stairs. And you come face to face with the door to the room on the second floor to which the broken shutters should lead. What do you do, Tartarus? Okay, so uh, mindsets would with the observations that uh, Morpheus has been seeing through Tartarus's eyes, would he want uh, Tartarus to capture the being or would he want him to destroy it? I think it'd be prudent to find out as much about it as possible before attempting either of those. All right, so expecting the worst, I am going to activate a spell. What spell are you going to activate, Tartarus? Alright, so the spell is called Shadow Crafting. Okay. And considering I don't know what I'm dealing with, 
So instead of actually crafting a weapon, I'm going to uh, basically craft myself a shadowy suit of armor before I enter the door. Emphasis on suit, I imagine, Mr. Slenderman family. Actual suit, fine penguin attire, fancy tie. We hashed out some mechanics. There is one point of paradox, which is a magical backlash, because the spell that you're casting is, as far as you're concerned, a very advanced effect in the Death Arcanum. It's right at the edge of your capability, and you had to do it with some extra bells and whistles. And there's lots of moving parts in this spell, and lots of chances for it to go wrong. And it went wrong. By one point, you have chosen to contain that paradox in hopes of grinding it out through your pattern. I want you to roll me your wisdom score. Alright, so since you've rolled two successes there... And he takes the bashing, like, he takes a minimum of one bashing? One resistant bashing damage, yep. Okay. Uh, so, his, uh, to cast the spell, he has a ring that he was given to him by the family as an heirloom, as a representation of his status as a Luxford. Uh, it's a bone ring, ironically, and it's quite uh, representative of his uh, specialized arcana, which is death. He will hold the ring up, and the, I suppose, light will begin to, I would say, vanish. And what's left is an absence of, sorry, absence of light. So basically pure darkness. And he will basically begin to envelop his body in it. However, all right, so being realizing the the way he is casting the spell basically the erasure of light it begins to leak out and well begins erasing everything around him but he forcefully contains it with himself and and and, and erases uh some of his own substance uh which will be that point of bashing you take all of that settled you could you cast the spell just fine you contain all the paradox and you, I assume, you push open the door? I do, indeed. So you step into the shuttered room. The chamber that you are standing in is littered with hay and old farm equipment. Containers for gasoline or barrels that probably contain two-by-fours and hammers and nails and tools shelves and drawers that you've never really personally rummaged through. It's all stuff that's supposed to be here, you hope, if it contains anything. If not, it might just be home for the rats and the cockroaches and the frogs from the Miskatonic. And you look around, and I'm gonna get... I'm gonna ask for a perception roll, a wits plus composure roll, not from Tartarus, but from Morpheus, who's looking through Tartarus's eyes. Uh, the moonlight spills in almost hatefully through the broken windows of the shut, the broken shutters on the window, kind of assaulting the floor and giving its otherwise entirely colorless shadows some stark, soft blues by which illumination may be perceived. I see two successes on Morpheus's perception check, and Morpheus, Tartarus is looking everywhere except the middle of the room. 
Tartarus, it's right in front of you in the middle of the room. In order to make that look, Tartarus, and, and force yourself, as he points it out, you're right, you've been looking around and just, without realizing it, skipping directly over what's directly in front of you. I'm going to need you to make a willpower check. Your willpower is equal to your resolve plus composure. Just barely on your four dice of willpower. When you go to look into the middle of the room, a deep and horrifying fear will not wash over you, but well up from within you. Something hereditary, something buried in your DNA, your very being physically is terrified of things that you do not understand intellectually why you should be afraid. There is something here that is old and ancient, and you are not worthy to gaze upon it. And whatever punishment lies in wait for you shakes you and chills you to the bone. However, you have no reason to listen to that instinct, and you may look, if you choose, at the middle of the room, despite your fear. Do you look? Yes, I look. In the center of the room, at first, through the watering of your eyes and the trembling of your flesh you can only make out a rough outline and then as you force your mind to focus your vision and gaze with intent upon it you will see a mechanical device standing roughly two and a half feet tall with gears intricately woven into each other ticking and whirring or at least you assume as much because you can't hear anything. This device does not seem to follow any known law of physics. Gears that should mesh perfectly at the angle they are at don't even acknowledge one another's existence as they tick in opposite directions. Sparks of electric energy seem to course from somewhere within the heart of the machine spilling out into the rest of its bronze or... No. No. You cannot discern the color of the object because your eyes do not hold the proper organic receptors to understand the signals that light is reflecting to you about it. Every motion you make changes your perception of the machine, constructing it in a different fashion, or rather, revealing to you a different facet of its construction as your planes of consciousness intersect with the machine at a different angle. Its very ticking and existence is malicious, in a fashion that you could not possibly have fathomed an object itself to be capable of holding. I'm going to ask you to roll me a breaking point for having witnessed something from the realms beyond without the proper protections. 
After a quick discussion about the rules with Matt, it turns out that I was horribly wrong, and mages don't roll breaking points. However, uh, what I was going for is still absolutely a valid mechanic here, so what instead I'm gonna do is, I need to know how well your mind copes with witnessing this thing from the realms beyond without having the proper, uh, the proper mystical protections for your mind. Um, so I need you to roll me your willpower. This will be four dice, just like it was before. No penalty. One success. We are squeezing by by the skin of our teeth today. Um, We'll say that looking at it, uh, oh, oh, Morpheus, did you look at it through Tartarus? Oh, oh, yes, you did. I need a willpower check, Morpheus, please. Mm, I was afraid that might happen. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think you're getting out this aid free, Mr. Oh, paradoxes are so much fun. At least I have six dice. But I didn't get any and successes. And he gets no successes! Sort of All right. Bitch. All right, Morpheus. You are going to gain a compulsion. It will be a sinister and subtle thing, but you need to feed this machine seafood, aquatic life, frogs, fish, etc. The machine mm. must feast, and you understand that at a level that you don't consciously recognize, and you will just find yourself doing that. Okay? And what we're going to do is I'm going to track. This is a condition for you. Okay? I'll also note that uh, uh, Tartarus would be aware of me picking up this compulsion thanks to the <laughs> shared mental link. This is a condition. When you have triggered it three times, it will resolve and something fun will happen. Tartarus, you are aware that this machine has somehow impacted your cabal mate because you are mentally linked. Uh, but this machine, you know how when you turn, you know that paint that changes color based on how you look at it? This machine's shape, size, and mechanical structure alter like that. You seem to have a handle on this. I'm going to go get sushi. <laughs> Matt, you may claim an arcane beat. We are going to have words, Morpheus, when you come back from having sushi. Now, considering what had just happened... Destroy it or capture it? Oh, no, that, that's, that's okay. We know what it wants now. It wants seafood. We're going to go get it, seafood. I'll you right, are going to I'll go be get right it, back. Seafood. Town is only like 15 minutes away. But... I, I'm not standing in this room with this machine for 15 minutes. Can't well, you, can... you just get, like, the frozen fish fingers out of the freezer? Yeah, I suppose that'll work. <laughs> and I'll start walking into the house to go to the fish fingers in the freezer. Tartarus, I will allow you with no dice at this point, since the threat is basically analyzed and over from that particular uh, angle, so to speak. Uh a level 2 spell of any Arcanum to shield yourself is fine for protecting yourself against most of the mysteries from the realms beyond. Uh, this is, for those who are listening, not something in any of the books. The realms beyond is something that does not apply to the rules, or the rules don't apply to it, depending on how you think about it. Um, I'm not going to charge you a roll for this spell. I'm just going to let you... We're just going to say that you can uh, kind of collect yourself and shield yourself from the realms beyond in this moment. Uh, so, oh, go ahead. You were going to say, Tartarus? I was going to say, 
Oh, I was going to say, like, so so any level two spell, so it's probably something from Economy's most familiar with, mm-hmm. right? So he's going to shoot himself with basically death magic. Mm-hmm. Causing any of the deleterious madnesses that may settle upon you or sicknesses that may infest your mind to simply to decay die. and die before they reach you. <clears throat> um, so I'm going to ask Morpheus to roll me... I'm going to say a wits investigation... An int investigation check. Can you find any seafood in the house? I received two successes. Okay. You are also capable of shielding yourself from further madness from the realms beyond. What madness? Precisely. Uh, Tartarus, at the very least, will be able to extend his protection to you, so you can now interface with the thing without having to roll willpower every time you look at it. So you can arrive with... uh, What sort of seafood is it? Is it frozen fish? Fish fingers? Fish fingers, apparently. So I would have microwaved them first, so they're all heated up nice and... You know like fish fingers are, and I'll approach the machine, and I don't know, is there an obvious place to put the fish? No. As far as my mortal mind. Okay, then what I will do is I will, where the gears are spinning, I'll pick up a fish finger and push it into the gears. As you feed the fish finger into the machines... It is caught in the whirring and clicking and spinning of the cogs and the gears. And it is mangled and torn apart violently within the machinations. And oil, black, shiny, thick oil, will seep from every screw and from every spinning intersection of metal like a human might bleed if pressed between two great weights slowly and painfully. The machine is fed for now. You have done well. Gain a point of willpower. As for destroying or capturing, uh, you're not certain you know how to destroy this. Uh, Even you, the master of death, might have a problem trying to tear apart something from the realms beyond at such a core level. Um, but perhaps moving it away from the building with your hollow in it is a good idea. Seeming that it just seems to like corrupt reality by eating fish. I have a question. Is its silence effect lifted? No. Uh. The only reason that you guys are capable of looking at it is because your minds overpowered its defenses. It is clear that this machine exists to not be discovered what it was doing that could be making so much noise that it had to blanket the whole area in silence you don't know this bathroom we can stick him in seems kind of messy to put in the bathroom no one knows it's there only us yeah is that a good thing or a bad thing (laughs) Well, we could stick it in the living room as some sort of demented ornament for the couch. Why not put it where the well was? So here's another thing. It's ours. Whatever it is. We've got legal claim to it. 
Maybe we could gain some brownie points, though, by letting someone else take a look at it. Specifically, the group that would be most interested in this would probably be Finders Keepers. Uh, as we explained at the end of Chapter Zero, find, this land used to belong to Finders Keepers until they broke a law for the you know, a concilial law. The concilium being the body of mages that govern themselves in terms of studying things that come from the Miskatonic. And if they had not broken the law, the concilium would not have taxed them this piece of land that they that the concilium then gave to you. So if you wanted to make friends, bringing this thing to the attention of Finders Keepers could be seen as a gesture of goodwill which is probably not a bad play because having neighbors who resent you is exactly the problem that my Sunday campaign has and it's never worked out for them in the slightest does anybody here have a vice of greed although oh, I have a vice of curiosity um, I would like to point out that Tartarus, being who he is and being trained to be what he will be, <laughs> might have a problem with people knowing about. But I don't want to, uh, like, I'm taking that into consideration for just telling people. That's why I'm letting him have a chance to uh, help make the decision. How considerate. Um, that brings up a further question. How far along in his training of this is he? You are no longer going to be the one who is transformed. Whatever it is that happens to somebody when they transform, Cuthbert has expressed on multiple occasions that it would be a cosmic waste to happen to an awakened person. And those are the words that Cuthbert, Cuthbert herself would use. Um, so you're not going to be the transformed one anymore. Uh, the Luxford family is just going the Luxford family is going to just deal with the fact that you're dead for now okay as far as how far along you are in being trained to be a mage well I mean you're rookie and if you negotiate properly you don't have to give up rights to the thing and having all the extra eyes and ears that may be afforded you should uh, finders keepers be interested isn't necessarily a bad thing I was specifically thinking of the direction his legacy is going to take, apparently. Yes, that's what I meant. Mm -hmm. Oh, you mean as a logophage? Yes. Well, to date, it's, all, it, like, it's shown you no... It's shown you nothing other than difficulty in being perceived, and the generic don't look at things from the realms beyond that you might want to feed them fish. Like... <laughs> It hasn't shown any real hostility, just creepy as fuck. But that's par for the course out here. Alright. Well, considering that's uh, apart from the fact that it's, it's very obscenely difficult to look at, but that's par for the course, considering what it is. Considering this was finders keepers territory, I do believe extending an old branch to them to examine this thing and probably a wise move. But I hesitant to hand it over. I say that I have to come here to examine it in person. Uh, I'm looking at the 
roster of NPCs, and I see that no one in the Finders Keepers is named. Okay, what that means is that I have yet to develop them, and you are allowed to uh, pick which of them you want me to develop, and it also means that you don't know any of them from a hole in the wall. So, uh, what you could do here is call your Herald and send a message between the Cabal's Herald to Herald. Uh, that way you're not, like, intruding on anybody's life, walking in anybody yeah. else's territory. I was thinking of calling Karina. I could speak to Jin. Oh, do we have connections to multiple Heralds? How many Heralds mm. are there? Just the two, right? Oh, a few. Uh, let me see. I will organize the spreadsheet by role. There well. are two. Jin and Karina, and you guys are on good terms with both of them, apparently. Uh, but Karina is actually Morpheus's mentor. <laughs> um, so we'll probably say that Jin would be the one that was assigned to your cabal. To avoid any conflicts of interest. Alrighty, in then. the event that you guys turn out to be savage criminals by concilial law or some stuff. Yeah, go ahead and call Jin and find out uh, if she can get the finders keepers interested, I suppose. Okay. I'll in the meantime, uh, while I'm looking at this thing, I'm going to turn on my space mage site. Mm-hmm. It seems to be shifting in and out of reality, and I well space and mind. I want to see if that's a mental effect or a spatial effect, or if it's something else. It would appear uh, when you study it under Mage Sight that what you're seeing is only one facet of its existence at a time. Um, it, according to space, occupies all of those things at once. Uh, the error lies not in its existence being incompatible with reality but in your mind with being able to process things correctly with uh you theorize that possibly with uh the right application of space and mind you might be able to counteract that and give yourself the ability to properly perceive the machine i'm wondering if i can use space to scrutinize it to break down its opacity in order to understand its uh, spatial relation. To understand its relationship with space and the, 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 the size and scale of the machine, yes, you could do that. Um, this machine is going to present you with several mysteries that will have their own individual opacity ratings. Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys want to put this thing in the well, or are you putting it in the bathroom? I would prefer the well. Okay. If there's no protest from Tartarus on that. Um... The f- first thing I would like to do is to attempt a revelation on it with space sight. Okay, so we're going to have a quick pause here for mechanics. All right, so I want you to roll. You, you're down to a chance die right now because you want to invoke a revelation on this thing, which is the mages, you're studying it. For the audience, what the hell is a revelation in loose terms? A uh, revelation is an attempt to instantly understand some or of a mystery's mis- details, basically. Okay. Yeah, so you're, 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 you're trying to Sherlock Holmes it and try and figure out any of the clues and details and surface information. Uh, now, it's opacity 8, which is the difficulty, which means that this is a big deal mystery, and you are a tiny mage, so it boils down. You're rolling a chance die, so roll that for me. 
Uh, well, it only succeeds on a 10, so I didn't succeed. Okay, so that just means that you're aware of how opa- of how complex this mystery is, how far beyond you it is, but you don't fuck it up somehow. Okay. Thankfully, so yeah, so you 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 as you as you watch this thing and you stare at it and you invoke your your you know your various magical uh, processes for studying. You are going to slowly realize that this is by no means a small time curiosity. What you have stumbled across is very large. It is very ancient, and it is very impressively complicated. And uh, perhaps bringing in another cabal to help study this is not just a politically wise move, but it might be the only way you get to learn anything about this thing in the first place. At this point, you guys have decided you're going to call in your next-door neighbors to help study, which means that hopefully they will feel like they owe you something that they are paying back by sharing their intel with you. And hopefully will start yourselves off on a good foot with your neighbors, which is important because you're already starting off on the wrong foot with your neighbors. What's up, Matt? Did you want to do the phone call between Tartarus and Jin? I do want to do that phone call between Tartarus and Jin, but I can't continue playing right now. Fair enough. So, when we pick up, we'll pick up on the next scene, which will be Tartarus calling Jin and asking Jin to arrange a meeting so that we can collectively hash out and negotiate who gets to study this mystery, how, when, where, and why. And that'll be a whole bunch of social dice and a whole bunch of you guys probably getting screwed. So, to find out what is going on with this bizarre machine, the realms beyond, why does it want seafood? What's going to happen when Morpheus feeds it its final meal? And uh, how badly will Tartarus get caught in the crossfire? Stick around for the next episode of the Miskatonic Region. I'm Evil Squeegee. This has been MRM Dubois. Say goodbye. Goodbye, folks. And SysTBC, say goodbye. Catch ya. Catch uh, Matt on Twitter at MRM Dubois. Me on Twitter at Evil Squeegee. We'll see you guys next time. Adios. Adios. Bye. This has been Chapter 2. Part 1 of the Miskatonic Region, a newbie-friendly Mage the Awakening podcast. For more of this podcast and other role-playing content, follow Evil Squeegee on Twitter at twitter.com slash evilsqueegee. Until next time, keep your wits about you, lest you too become the victim of your own success.